0: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal And I'm Connor Oates. And it's Sunday, June 6, 2021.
1: Wow, that's close, Connor. 6, 6, 21. That's almost the mark of the beast. 6, 6, and then 2 plus 1 is 3, which is half of 6. So, yeah, now that's I a think stretch. you're right. Oh, no, oh that's, mine's a stretch. Oh, mine's yeah, a stretch. Yeah, but oh, half, 2 and
0: 1. one. Okay. No, I'm just saying 2 out of 3 ain't bad, you know, to quote Jack, but that would be bad. Did you know that Ronnie and Nancy Reagan. When they moved back to California after the White House years, uh, they moved to a a nice, apparently a modest home, uh, but nice, of course. They're not going to live in a dump. (laughs) He's Ronald Reagan, for God's sake. Um, It was a 666 Mockingbird Lane or something. Oh, my God. The the street in Bel Air. Nancy went to the city and, you know, she had a little poll. Having been first lady for eight years, (laughs) and Ronald Reagan was the king of the world for it, they changed the street address from 666 to something a little bit more respectful of the divinity. 665.9. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like how they have uh, those road signs, you know, mile markers uh, along uh, along highways, Mm -hmm. and you have mile 418, mile 419, Mm -hmm. and then the mile marker will be 419.99 or 420.01. Just to keep you awake? Because... Uh, 420 is the marijuana number. Oh, so people I didn't steal that. signs oh, all goodness. the time. It's the same like exit number 69. Uh, people steal sure. that sign all the time, so they'll skip it or they'll make it 69.5 or 68.5. And it's a little 5. bit
0: akin to uh, having no 13th. Uh, Story in a, in a building because nobody wants to have a bad luck. Um, no story is going to be attacked by Al Qaeda or of something. Of course, like that. absolutely. Hey, speaking of, <laughs> of beasts, we we mentioned the mark of the beast. The beasts beasts are in the news these days. The bear, John uh, Cox, I think his first name is John, running for yeah. governor against uh, Newsom. We're still waiting to see. Doggone it is so dramatic. Will Antonio Villaraigosa throw his hat in the ring to will maybe he, be governor? Will he get two bears for yeah. his campaign? That that would be good. But uh, so so we're on the topic an of beasts. arms race makes a right me think, to bear arms race. Sure. Makes me think of our district attorney here in Los Angeles, George Gascon. Now, there's a beastly guy. He's under fire, Connor, for not prosecuting <clears throat> alleged criminals. He's right. Very progressive. Yes. But in the news this week, he did make one exception. He is going after a guy who allegedly smothered his wife with a pillow. Did you hear about this? Wow. The only reason he's prosecuting him is because Gascon wants to name Mike Lindell as a (laughs) co-conspirator. Now, to me, this shows the poor judgment of (laughs) D.A.
1: George Gascon. Uh, We
0: may not be able to make fun of him much uh, uh, more, in the near
1: future, he may be recalled as well, but that's uh, a work in progress. I'm confident that Gascon will survive. I will personally march to downtown and so hold we, a flag or something.
0: So here we are on uh, Too Many Lawyers. We've got uh, five or six really cool topics to get into. One is, yes, you suspected
1: it. Now you know it. The AR-15 assault rifle is
0: pretty much like a Swiss Army knife. Exactly
1: the same. No difference at all. This federal judge is not insane. We're going to get to uh, the details
0: there. Katie Hill, we talked about this last week. Katie Hill, the former congresswoman, she gets naked and gets a bill for $220,000 in legal fees when the expense. nude pictures were posted That's in an expensive the newspapers. Selfie. Yeah, my goodness. But, you know, she's so popular. I'm sure there'll be a GoFundMe thing or a, a flash mob where people show up with their wallets. <laughs> you know that. how
1: millennials do, yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> uh, Dallas Mavericks uh, owner Mark Cuban has benched the national anthem, believe it or not. We're going to talk about uh, that Texas drama. Uh, Donald Trump's reinstatement, I believe, is set for, it's late summer. I believe it's August. Yeah, he's I mean, be back I think the, the day House. is a
1: little flexible. They're kind of working around people's schedules. You know, he's got to get all the way up from Florida. Florida. he might get arrested and go to prison before he yeah. can go. We are going to but talk you know, about the
0: chances of him winding up behind bars and whether he'll be Speaker of the House to replace Nancy
1: Pelosi. All the these things. Speaker of the House is a real job, but okay.
0: Twenty twenty one could be a spectacular year. Never uh,
1: had, never will have a real job, but okay.
0: Uh, Summer time for the Supreme Court members. Uh, they've got five or six huge decisions they're about to kick out the door. I wonder if they they sign each other's legal pads. To, you know, Amy Coney Barrett to Clarence Thomas, have a bitchin' summer, Clarence. <laughs> you think they do that kind of thing? That's I mean, they funny. all leave July one. They hit the road. They're gone. They, they do not sit around throw Washington. Well, I'm going to get a head start on the October session. No, they're gone. So, but they've got a bunch of big decisions coming out. Uh, speaking of which, Clarence Thomas is basically in charge of the Supreme Court right now. We'll tell you why. And finally, we're going to talk about how there is no religion in high school. You know how there's no crying in baseball according to Tom Hanks? Well, there's no religion in high school, and we shall explain. So let's take it from the top, Uh, the AR assault rifle. It is like a Swiss Army knife, according to uh, this judge, Roger Benitez. He is a U.S. District Judge, Federal Trial Court Judge in San Diego, there in the Southern District of uh, California. His ruling came Friday, um, and he said that California's 30-year ban on assault weapons violates the Second Amendment. Uh, it, It was controversial. Of course, it was bound to be when he's a very creative writer, Connor. Uh-huh. He compared the AR-15 rifle to a Swiss Army knife, yeah. saying they're both good for home and battle. Yeah, sometimes I mean you're... it's like he should be an ad man. He should be yeah. Dan, Don Draper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the basis of this from Mad Men for you young folks who uh, <laughs> were born after Mad Men. I, was <laughs> I don't think we're that old yet, are we? Oh.
1: Are we? Oh no! Oh no, no, no! Good, good, good. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, look. Drawing uh, spurious uh, analogies between uh, objects um, to say that well because one is like the other then Are you one an English teacher now <laughs> then because one is like it wasn't a metaphor it was a simile right exactly. no it was an analogy because one is like the other. Therefore, one is the other, is the fallacy this guy's using. It's a false equivalence, is, is the rhetorical term that he's using. He's saying, okay, so there are some objects which are dangerous, which can kill. Like a Swiss army knife. Harmless. It's got tweezers in it. teeny you need, you need, you need harmless? Gonna... You, could, you could hit your carotid. You'd be dead in 30 seconds. Absolutely. It's not harmless. Absolutely. But of course, there is no way we would ever ban a Swiss army knife for being a dangerous uh, you know, too dangerous and, and say, well, you're, Why you're not. You're right to bear arms. There are not... more deaths from knifing than
0: than guns every year. Why don't we ban knives? So you it, can use them for a stake at home. Sure. But if you're going to wander around and wave it like you're some sort of uh, 14th century. Uh, Gladiator. The gladiators are from the 14th century.
1: Uh, They were older by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were still gladiators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm with you. But the point is, what he's saying in that you know, lots of different objects can be dangerous. But what he's saying is that the Second Amendment right to bear arms protects uh, people from you know the government taking away their weapons that they have legitimate uses for, right? right? but he just totally equates the two ends of the spectrum and says that this this object this AR15 which is explicitly created is a weapon for war it's capable of mowing down tens or depending on how much ammo you have. Well, it's not an automatic people, weapon. It's, it's not a pull the, the trigger time. once and you get a bunch of bullets. It's boom, boom, boom. You have to pull the trigger. Right. Semi-automatic is still pretty dangerous. Oh, they have yeah. large magazine capacities. Pretty they go a really yeah. long distance. They're meant, they have a. a they they yeah. shoot a caliber of bullet that is yeah. meant to blow the back side well, actually, out of whatever it hits. Actually,
0: hold, hold that thought because in a minute, I'm going to go through what somebody has done some research on. He describes exactly what this rifle does. So we'll get your take on that. Yeah. But just sort of the big picture is that this judge is saying California is kind of an outlier. Most states are okay with the assault rifles, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. Well, I I don't know what the states are. Um, But he said, and and it's funny, on the one hand, he said it's like a Swiss Army knife. Here's what he said it's not like. He said it's not like a machine gun, a howitzer or a bazooka. Uh, It is not dangerous. It's not strictly limited to military Purposes, so that was the. This is just a trial court decision. I want to say just that yeah. means you know the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is kind of left of center. Right, they uh, will be able to weigh in on this. And, and the after, state has
1: already said they're going to appeal. Yeah, and after the judge handed down his opinion, he, he uh, issued a stay saying yeah, to allow it to be fought out on the appeal. You guys want to appeal this one? You can take it up to the higher court. I'm not going to try to you know say that you have to enforce this right now.
0: Right, and and the U.S. Supreme Court, of course, stands hovering above. Uh, the Ninth Circuit, in, in yeah, case and if the it Ninth goes Circuit, there, you know, we
1: know what will happen. The yeah, conservatives probably, will, yeah. yeah.
0: Now we've got a, a five of solid five justice a conservative majority. So here's what I was mentioning a minute ago when I so rudely interrupted your description <laughs> of how this is uh, this is a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. So this was a post by a guy from Massachusetts. He's a libertarian. He says he doesn't own guns really, but he's researched it. And being a libertarian, you know, he's generally a little skeptical of the government getting involved and. And preventing you from owning the weapons you want when you want them, and shooting the people you want, if if it's legal to do so, I'm sure. So here's what he said: the Massachusetts Municipal Police Training Committee's basic arm firearms instructor course says about why the AR-15 is good for cops and for folks at home oh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, first, it's A accurate. little Susie and little
1: and little Sally. <laughs> I
0: love it. Well, if Susie comes under attack, I want her to be armed, uh, and little, you know, she could be 18 or 19 but still on the petite side. So point one, accuracy. He says most officers have difficulty hitting a target uh, over 10 yards with their service pistol. Now, for openers, that's discouraging. I want my
1: cops to be sharpshooters. Yeah. But he uh, he says they're not. Yeah, service pistols are also not that accurate. They don't have a yeah. super long barrel.
0: So he says the ability to hit a target decreases further in the stress of a life or death encounter. That makes sense. And so if this is a big issue for highly trained cops, wouldn't the same concern apply to average folks as well. That's Yeah, his point you're number right, one. so they shouldn't have guns. So point number glad two... we figured it out. So point number two, he says ease of use. The recoil and manual operation of the shotgun has proven to be an issue with some officers, but it's not a problem with the AR-15. Safety, he says, the most popular patrol rifle around... Um, this uh, Remington will penetrate fewer walls than service pistol rounds or 12 gauge slugs, so actually it's it's a little safer. He says to use the AR-15. Uh, uh, he says the AR is king. It's got mil- it's got it appears military looking to non shooters is not
1: a reason to ban it. So
0: I, I don't know. I mean, it, so Dr.
1: Peter Ree, a leading trauma surgeon, a retired captain with 24 years of active duty service in the, in the uh, Navy, is most famous at Uh, for saving the life of Arizona Rep. Gavi Giffords, a politician, after Uh she was shot point blank in the head with a handgun uh, fired by a mass shooter who, of course, got a gun because this is America, and then, of course, shot an innocent person because this is America. He describes a handgun wound is like stabbing somebody with a bullet. The bullet goes in like a nail, but an AR-15 is designed for what he called maximum wound effect. It has a small, extremely high-velocity bullet that he uh, compares... Instead of going in like a nail, he says the high velocity rounds of the AR-15, it's like you shot somebody with a Coke can. It goes in, it creates a cavity with its incredibly high three times the speed of sound, uh, bullet speed, uh, enters the body, creates a cavity that then, as the bullet passes through the body, Recollapses, destroying inelastic so tissues. So you're saying like I should
0: listen to a trauma surgeon ahead of listening to a Massachusetts
1: libertarian who's never owned a gun? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So when people say this is not not a weapon of war, there are different versions of the Armalite, that's AR, uh, it stands for Armalite for some reason, Armalite rifle, I guess. Um, it, the different versions of this are, are uh, adapted, modified for different branches of the military, but it has been the standard uh issue gun that has replaced the M16 uh, for U.S., uh, military forces since Vietnam, because Vietnam M16s were these gigantic, heavy, automatic weapons that people were just sort of flailing around with. It was hard to train on them. They broke down all the time. They were just, you know, like twice right. as expensive. So the Armalite rifle was this super light version of it. And I realized it didn't really need to be fully automatic. Well, you I'll have- say this. I'll say this. Uh, depending on how bad the bad
0: guy is that I'm shooting at, I, I might want the AR 15 as opposed to a yep. nice, polite little a handgun with, a, with a, a bullet that's like a nail into a- Uh, Into somebody's arm. Um, We are going to shift gears. We're going to actually pause right now. When we come back, uh, Katie Hill, the former congressman, she got naked and now she got a bill for $220,000. We'll get into those details, but First color is going to tell you how to rate and subscribe
1: Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, if you like the podcast, follow us on whatever podcast platform you use. That might be a follow, a subscribe, uh, sign up, or whatever the different platforms are. You can go to Stitcher or Spotify or Podcast Addict. Uh, or any other one that you use. The big one, if you're on Apple's, probably Apple Podcasts. And we really appreciate every review that you can leave us. Thanks, and we'll be right back. This is Too Many
0: Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So Congresswoman Katie Hill, um, my gosh, first she loses a job. Now she loses this big lawsuit. Uh, You may remember she resigned after photos were published showing a nude Katie Hill cavorting with a bong and somebody other than her spouse. Uh, She sued. Uh, Wouldn't you sue if somebody published photos like that of you? But it has not gone well. Uh, The court found uh, that... The case was not only groundless, it was intended to punish parties for exercising their First Amendment rights. And one of the excuses for publishing these pictures that sound pretty private is that uh, the, the folks who are in her district, who elected her, doggone it, they're entitled to know if their congresswoman is uh, sleeping around and uh, smoking marijuana and and engaged in uh, extramarital stuff
1: and so that was the excuse so under the first amendment the, the you know what makes something free speech if you publish someone's private information one of the legal tests that you have to pass before that you can't just go around you know stealing you can't hack into somebody's you know computer and take their uh their stuff and then and then publish it you have to have um, uh, a legitimate reason for sharing someone's public yeah. and it's not information, like they got it from a hidden camera. They received right. the photos from somebody, and like you get the Pentagon
0: Papers, right. the New York
1: Times yeah. publishes it. Public and interest. The reason that there's uh, that that it's okay is that they call it a matter of public concern. That's the legal right. test. And as you described, her constituents needed to know that she was doing X, Y, Z. That was what this judge uh, decided. It's yeah. Yolanda Orozco is her name.
0: So here's the uh, here, and I've been in front of her many times, and I think she's. A terrific judge and I know this decision and a lot of people find it controversial but but here's the the fun inside baseball thing this anti-slap law right uh, not everybody uh, understands that it's actually a step in, in a sort of toward tort reform over in England if you file a suit and it's not a very good suit and you get clobbered you you have to pay the winners uh legal fees so the defendant you sued if it turns out uh, you, you lose the suit you have to pay the, the defendant uh, and the the winners legal fees in America that's not the rule. There are some exceptions. There might be a contract uh, that says, well you know if you sue me and you lose, you have to pay my legal fees. But here's the slap deal. Slap refers to strategic uh, litigation against uh, public participation. And basically, if you file a lawsuit that not only is a sucky lawsuit, but your secret intention was to stop somebody from exercising their right of free speech, you yep. want to chill them mm-hmm. and, and deter them from exercising constitutional right. The court system says, in that kind of case, doggone it! If you uh, if you beat that kind of a bad lawsuit, you, the defendant, uh, do get your legal fees. Yeah, they paid.
1: reverse what's called the American rule, and they go with the right. British rule, where they, as you described the loser pays, and which is a very powerful incentive. Yeah, and
0: $220,000 is the bill. And so Katie Hill is just going nuts because she's saying, first they published nude pictures of me. Now they tell me I have to pay $220,000. Right. Well, yeah, they, that's because the judge determined that that was the proper outcome. Now, I you know, was the suit groundless? Uh, you know, you could argue it. Uh, obviously, this judge felt it was groundless. Uh, but... I don't know. You you think, Connor, that this anti-slap, you think it's a good idea that that we should force the loser to pay attorney's fees if it's determined that their real motivation was to chill somebody's exercise of First Amendment rights?
1: Yeah, so not not about this case specifically, but anti-slap suits are a very powerful tool that uh, are—it's a very powerful process in a lawsuit that is generally— it's hard to say blanket statements about, well, it was used for good more often than it's used for evil. But in theory, the idea is that it's used for good, is that it's used to protect free speech. But lawsuits are lawsuits, including these anti-slap subsuits within lawsuits where they slap back and they say, well, you know, are they, that slapbacks are different. But that they, where they, they they strike back and they say, well, you can't file this lawsuit because what you're really doing is a strategic lawsuit against public participation. That's a great you know, uh, system in theory for getting people who have been sued with frivolous, ridiculous lawsuits out of the lawsuit faster and more easily and also sometimes with uh, attorney's fees from the other side. And that also disincentivizes bad, evil people who, who, you know, you know, get uh, if somebody does something in furtherance of their free speech they say something in public and that's oh this person's going to hurt my reputation or whatever let me destroy them let me ruin their life for the lawsuit right. it will stop that from happening in the first place it'll disincentivize that from happening in the first place so that's a good system but overall it, it really is so hard to say that in our legal system that is gen, generically just so well built to advantage the people who can Uh, pay to to play, pay to engage in it. It really is difficult to to have any structure, no matter how well-intentioned that structure is, like an anti-slap system. um, It's really hard to have that system actually pay off and protect the people who need protecting the most because no matter what... The, the richest and most powerful people are going to be better able to use any system than the the poor and and weaker you know in terms of societal power um in our in our system so the best analogy you, uh, you know, i've come up with is i as a defense lawyer i feel this way i feel that uh lawsuits are a lot like guillotines um there's a potential for a misuse from them it's important that the rich and powerful fear them but it's dangerous to have them lying around and you got to keep an eye on it
0: might get dull
1: well, they, they might become uh, too attractive is the problem oh, okay. you, you worry a little bit about
0: that so speaking of the rich and the powerful Connor um, Mark Cuban uh, don't get much richer and powerful mm, that's than, true. than this guy billionaire many times over owns especially the in Dallas, basketball you know? yeah owns the Dallas Mavericks there in Texas and he is in a cage fight with the Texas legislature because he has benched the national anthem uh, as you know in the US playing the national anthem before pro sporting events is pretty much a long time tradition right but Mark Cuban said, doggone it, it's time for a change. Now, we're not sure if he's worried about the uh, cessation of beer sales during the playing of the National Anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably figured up uh, what his profit loss was, or maybe he's just an idiot. I don't know. Is he aware that his team plays in Texas, Texas and not Northern Texas, California? America? Is he aware, is yes. he aware of that? I'm uh, not sure. North so, America, so, so this is Earth, the yeah. latest salvo in the culture war that, of course, commenced when NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand for the National Anthem. Now, his rationale had nothing to do with beer sales. He thought, uh, his quote was, America oppresses minorities, lets its cops murder innocent people of color. And then he doubled down wearing socks that depicted police as pigs. Mm -hmm. And that was unpopular in Texas, especially. Whatever it was that led to Cuban's decision, the legislature has passed a bill. And the governor's about to sign it. And the bill says any teams... Having contracts with the state of Texas are required to play the national anthem before they begin their games. And it's not mandatory. You don't have to. But if you aren't going to play the national anthem, you can't have a contract with the state of California. All sorts of t- state of Texas, yeah. The state of Texas, right. So, uh, you know, some critics say, well, gee... This is going to violate the First Amendment. First Amendment says you can't have a governmental speech restriction. But I guess the governor of Texas's answer is, well, we're not infringing exactly. They don't have to deal with the state of Texas. You know, they they can go make a deal with communist China if they
1: want. So you approve of what the Texas legislature? No, and obviously it's a completely completely ridiculous, uh, as you put it, new salvo in the culture war, which is just a distraction from actual issues uh, that we have to address in this country. The, The culture war is a method to change the topic of conversation away from anything that matters and towards something where basically white people have grievances about. The idea that, oh my gosh, you think my country's not amazing or perfect, that our national anthem doesn't perfectly represent us or something else. Uh, Therefore, I can take the high ground back and say, well, I'm a patriot and you're not. This is not the latest salvo. This is uh, a continuation of shots being fired after the the issue is resolved. Back in February, Mark Cuban, when confronted about this, said, Okay, well, we stopped playing the National Anthem. We didn't play it for any of our 13 preseason games or the games so far. Nobody noticed, apparently. Nobody cared in early February um, because members of the community in Dallas had come to him and said, uh, we think that the Anthem doesn't represent us, and so we think you should drop it. We're still going to have a gigantic American flag on the wall- of the stadium. Um, and Mark Cuban said, okay, well, we'll try it out and see how people feel about it, if they like it or not. And maybe when we co- when people come back and are actually in the, the uh, stadium again, maybe then we'll have the national anthem again, because people oh, okay. live I didn't m- know that was the background. want it. I- That's the argument. And then the NBA comes out with a statement that says, <laughs> uh, NBA. we've decided all teams will play the national anthem. And Mark Cuban talks to, talks to the NBA commissioner, whose name I can't remember, who knows, um, and he says, "Okay, well, if you guys want me to play it, I'll play it." And then now, months later, the Texas legislature gets its button gear and goes, "Wait, there's a culture war issue we can complain about. This is great. Let's have you pass heard it off. the expression better
0: late than never." Yeah, you know, I heard that Cuban's rationale for not playing the national anthem was because it's so hard to sing. you know, America is. the Beautiful it's really is hard. Yeah. much easier to sing. So, but here's the here's the problem I have. Uh, it's tr- on the First Amendment issue. Yeah. It's true if the go- if the federal government. Yeah, this says is a very
1: interesting legal yeah. issue about what the what the federal uh, the state government can say is what you have to do or not do yeah. with yeah. free speech. Because a big deal.
0: because you know people hear free speech and they don't always focus on the fact that if you read the actual First Amendment, it only restricts the government from interfering with right, your speech right, right. right, not a private company. But if Donald Trump, is, excuse me, if Joe Biden, our president, said okay. <laughs> Slip of the tongue there. Um, if you are on federal land, you are not permitted to criticize the way Kamala Harris handled Memorial Day weekend. You know, just talking about have a, have a bitchin' weekend and not nice. mentioning our fallen heroes. You may not say that if you're standing on federal uh, federal owned grand ground. That's the way it is. If he said that, we'd say, okay, you lose, Joe, because that's a violation of the First Amendment. But that that isn't exactly what Texas did. I mean, they said, you know. If you want to have a contract with the state of Texas, then you have to play the national anthem. Isn't that different from from Joe Biden uh, gagging us uh, at Yellowstone National Park?
1: Well, it is in a sense there is certainly a a degree of, of separation, but I think that um, it. If the effect of your law is that you prevent people from practically doing whatever it is they have been doing, like their business as a national, as an NBA team, if they can't practically be an NBA team without securing contracts with the state of Texas, then you might as well uh, have a blanket ban on it. I mean, we have to think about the actual practical applications uh, of this law. I mean, what is it? what does it mean for this team moving forward now if you say to bakeries that they have to um you know serve gay customers by making gay wedding cakes right um or else they can't have a contract with the state of Texas that might not actually matter in in practicality in reality it might actually not do anything because Bakeries probably don't have to have any contracts to to succeed as a bakery. So it's a kind of a weird way. If you want to do this roundabout circumsect circumspect way of uh, passing laws, um, then, you know, You have to think about the practical realities of it. It's going to be either um, a a brutal free speech uh, First Amendment restriction that completely invalidates their ability to be a a basketball team, um, depending if they need, say, a a contract with the state of Texas to lease their stadium or something like that, um, or it'll be an absolute nothing. And that is... You know, the prime determination. a lot of a lot of times people will just want to try to analyze things in a vacuum, but it's going to come down to practical realities.
0: Speaking of an absolute nothing, well when we come back, Donald Trump's chances for reinstatement in <laughs> August, apparently, that's the target date for him to resume power. Stick with us on too many lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Conrad. So Donald Trump, apparently, I haven't heard it out of his mouth, but apparently some people around him are saying, you know, he's going to be president again this August. How is that? Well, apparently there are these audits going on in in four or five different states where people are trying to go in and, and figure out if there was really a miscount or we need a recount or if they stole the election for Donald Trump. I didn't even realize that that it was still a live issue. I thought all the court challenges were kaput, you know, 50 or 60 of them. And yet, I, you know, people, I guess, have the right under some circumstances to conduct audits of ballots. And also there are a few lingering lawsuits. But the idea that, you know, Trump's being optimistic and it's going to get turned around so that in a matter of about two months, he'll be president again. Oh, yeah. I mean, what
1: are people smoking? It's it's completely wacky. Um, But it's just it's just a continuation of what we've seen. I mean, when you you have national politicians, the president of the United States, who is explicitly going out and fomenting revolution, insurrection, then there is an insurrection, then largely the legislators in our government who aided and abetted in, at some time, at some point uh, these people to do this, who, who stirred them up, whipped them up, and then sent them like attack dogs at the Capitol— they suffer no repercussions. And you have, you know, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene still running around the halls of Congress as a, as a member and not yet, you know, expelled. You know, in American history, we have previously expelled people from the legislature for their failure to recognize uh, the rightful election of a president, including uh, after the uh, before the Civil War uh, with Abe Lincoln. Uh, there were multiple people elected To the legislature, who were then expelled from the legislature by the rest of the body because they refused to recognize that that Abraham Lincoln was a legitimate president. And as long as we don't take action, as long as we don't take steps, as long as the Democratic Party just sits back and says, hey, guys, let's not do this. I know that we have, uh, you know, uh, the the House and I know that we have the Senate and I know that we have the presidency, but let's just let all this happen. Let's do nothing about it. Uh, Let's let the government, let's let the the Republicans vote things down. Well, the Manhattan DA is doing
0: something about it. He's That's convened a. a grand jury, and there are 23 citizens on the grand jury. If 12 of them vote to indict Donald Trump, it is showtime. Uh, he is, I mean, you think the O.J. Simpson murder trial captured people's attention. Whoa, just imagine what Trump on trial would mean. Now, Biden, of course, could pardon Trump. I'm not going to go to Vegas and bet the House on that. Probably not. I think he'll let probably the justice not. system work itself yeah, out. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, to get a, uh, a warrant... To break down Rudy Giuliani's um, uh, office door, home. office and home door, and also to to get the U.S. Supreme Court after two years of trying to say, yes, you get to see Donald Trump's financial and tax records. And for them to possibly be flipping the CFO for Trump International, this guy who presumably knows where the bodies are buried, and all you need is 12 uh, Manhattanites who don't right. like Trump and think that they see evidence of a crime, put him on trial. How is he not going to go on trial? And if
1: that happens, I think the August reinstatement is going to have to be pushed back a few months. Yeah, they might have to push it back. Remember, though, that Hitler was actually removed from power and jailed because he was a threat to uh, Germany. Really? We're playing the Hitler card? Yeah. And he actually seized power and then rose back to national leadership from prison so i'm not gonna bet uh i thought that- you
0: told me that there was a rule that if you if you mention hitler you automatically lose the argument well, we're Isn't not having a- an
1: argument so problem oh solved. that's
0: right you're right we oh. we are what
1: you're referencing is godwin's law and you're absolutely right yeah. it, it's a it's an internet specific uh yeah. rule of course it doesn't apply the here internet knows everything this is a podcast which is not on the <laughs> oh wait dang it dang it
0: So wouldn't it be fun, though, if Donald Trump did run for Congress and win and the Republicans take over Congress in 2022 and they elect him Speaker of the House? Apparently, that's what he wants to do. That's part of his path back. And then, of course, after two years as Speaker, he could be looking around for another job. What else could he do in 2024? Dog catcher? Um, yeah, I think that's uh, the the problem for Republicans is without the jail scenario. So it, many uh, Americans are working remote. Maybe he can be Speaker of the House from prison. Why not? So uh, Clarence Thomas, Clarence in charge. There was an old TV show called "Charge uh, Charles in Charge." Did you ever see that show, Connor? No, I didn't either. But it was very popular. <laughs> Charles in Charge, some little kid who was uh, very precocious, I'm sure. Well, Clarence is in charge, and why is that? Well, Clarence Thomas, I think, is on the brink of becoming the most important judge in America. Uh, you'll recall he barely made it onto the court. He, he was a George Bush Senior nominee in the 90s, and it was smooth sailing until uh oh, Anita Hill surfaced during the Hearings yep. a little later than Dr. Blasey Ford on Kavanaugh. True. She surfaced and said. I cannot tell a lie. He sexually harassed me, so he shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. He squeaked by. I think it was like fifty-two. 48. Cancel
1: culture takes another victim. Yeah. Oh wait, he's one of the most powerful well, people in America and has been for twenty-five years. He, oh, I guess cancel culture is not real. Okay, go go. He had that famous line during his hearings. He defended himself. He said, "This is, is high-tech lynching. lynching." Yeah, it's a it was good line. electrifying. So good. Yeah, it it's really, a really really good line. Helped. Really
0: excellent. So now rhetoric. he's the comeback kid. For decades, he was the silent partner on the high court. He rarely spoke during oral alarm. Took a lot of naps. Oh the other justices are bloviating and interrupting each other and tearing their robes off. (laughs) But he just sat there. Now, interestingly, in COVID, I don't know if you read about this, Connor. In COVID, they changed the rules. They have these remote U.S. Supreme Court oral arguments, which must feel pretty weird. I mean, you know, it's the pinnacle of your career. You're finally arguing a, a case before the United States Supreme Court, and you're in your rumpus room in your in your uh, underwear. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You, the all they see is your your nicest tie. Yeah, nicest tie. Nicest Absolutely. tie. During the the COVID oral arguments, the chief changed the rules, and he said, "Look, you know, we can't see each other that well. We're going to go in order. I'm the senior person. I'm going to ask questions. Then the second most senior will ask questions, and we'll take." Turns When that system changed, Clarence Thomas turned into a chatty Cathy. He has been one of the most talkative, articulate, wow. probing questioners. He yeah, for some reason, he just didn't like the other system where everybody was just jumping it's in free for all for all. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so so now not only is he talking during oral arguments, here's the inside baseball deal. Uh, we, when a case is before the U S Supreme court, the justices take their little straw vote and they figure out who's going to win and who's going to lose. Uh, if the win, if the chief justice is on the winning side, he's the chief. So he gets to decide if he gets to write the opinion or somebody else. Now everybody has to sign on to it, but it's a pretty big deal to decide who writes the opinion because that shows the direction of the court. Well, guess what? If the chief ain't in the majority, than the person who is in the majority, who has the the most most seniority picks who gets to write the opinion. And guess who has the most seniority in the conservative block of five? I love America, where the
1: oldest person by default is the (laughs) most correct. Fantastic. Well, we'll see how you
0: feel about that in 60 years, Connor. I have a feeling you're going to be changing your tune. Well, there'll be 309 Supreme Court justices by then. Could be. So anyway, Clarence Thomas gets to decide who writes the opinions. And guess what? Coming up on deck, abortion, gun control, affirmative action, all these hot-button decisions could be engineered Christ. by Clarence Thomas. Have yep. I
1: cheered you up, Connor? More, more like by Ginny Thomas, the woman who posts QAnon conspiracy nonsense uh, on social media sites, and then he goes home and talks to her every night. But I'm sure that hasn't penetrated his uh, spaghetti-mushed-out uh, million-year-old brain. I'm sure it's all fine, and he keeps home and home and work at work, and Ginny doesn't affect and him. Oh, God, we're
0: all gonna die. And now our final topic, and I, I'm so proud of us, Connor. For many episodes, we, we would uh, tease topics at the start of the podcast. We're going to be uh, explaining how cold fusion works, the meaning of life in the third block of the show.
1: And then, oh, no, we don't have
0: enough time. Oh, we don't have enough time. And then if we didn't get to Bummer. it the next week, you know, it was a little awkward. It goes by the way. We are now to the last topic that we have already billboarded, whatever that means. Nice. So here's the topic. There's no religion in high school. Right. Just like there's no crying in baseball. Good. It's all about a young woman named Elizabeth Turner. Mm-hmm. She's a Michigan high school valedictorian. Come- Nice. The valedictorian is the person in high school with the best grades. Thank the, you. The highest grade
1: average. Thank you.
0: So you get to give a speech to the whole crowd of, of the kids who weren't valedictorians who are grinding their teeth yeah. and clenching their fists because they're a little bit jealous of Elizabeth because she had better grades than they did in high school.
1: Yeah, I so, gave a, a valedictorian speech in my high school, not because I had the best grades, uh, but explicitly. You were the best speaker. Explicitly uh, there was a, a, another uh, a woman who who had much better grades than I um, and her name is Jody, and she crushed it and she gave a great speech and then I somehow fell into right, I was
0: there. Position. You gave a great speech too.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. So
0: here's the story about Elizabeth Turner, high school uh, That's what I was fishing for, by the way. Thank you. Okay, for you got it. it so, you know, when you give your uh, speech, you yeah. have to give the draft to the high school because See, you're just a kid. You're yeah. a high school kid. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. you're
1: running for president. Right. It, that, that's, actually, that's the reason I was going to bring this up because this is a weird like, kind of thing at this school specifically where... I had to give a draft of the speech to the school in the sense that right. I delivered the speech to them as part of an audition, a speech contest. But then I was allowed to make any changes I wanted with no revisions before the actual speech. So maybe that's because your school it administrators were wild and crazy. Anything yeah. goes. Why? Yeah. Just any, it's like they were in Oregon they didn't even or ask for a final draft copy. Well, that's not the
0: how thing. they roll in Michigan, yeah, Connor. In Michigan, not. you've got to submit the draft. Yeah. Because, for example, what if you defame your shop teacher? What if you reveal America's nuclear code? Oh, that would be bad because then the newbie allowed would be, yeah, to, yeah, out yeah the you street, can't be allowed yeah. to do that and so so Elizabeth gave the speech and what do you know there was nothing in there about Mr. Terwilliger the woodshop teacher nothing in there about ICBMs but doggone it she did say that She wants to talk about the power of faith in her life, why her faith really matters in her life. And the high school people said, are you kidding me, Liz? Not a word about religion. You are hereby forbidden. And she said, what? What's the... I don't get it. She said... She turned into Jerry Lewis. Right. She (laughs) said... I understand there's no prayer in school. I read the decision because I'm the valedictorian. And I read all the Supreme Court decisions the summer before my junior year. But I just want to talk about what matters in my life. And oh, by the way, Peggy Noonan writes that fun column for the Wall Street Journal every Saturday. She gave a, a commencement speech recently talking about the importance of faith in her life and oh Vice President Mike Pence who talked a lot about the importance of faith while he was Vice President, he recently gave a commencement address talking about the importance of faith in their lives. Yeah. Why can't a kid's valedictory speech, it's not government speech, it's well, so not Mao tongue standing up and saying you will believe that's actually and all you point. Muslims you are going to re-education yeah. camp it doesn't destroy the wall between church and state, why would the school stand its ground against poor little Elizabeth? So
1: so yeah, that that's Exactly the issue is: is this uh, school-sponsored speech right? If a an administrator in the uh, at the school, say the principal, had g- stood up and given a uh, a farewell, great job, happy graduation speech in which she said what this woman Turner wanted to say, which Turner's quote from the original speech was, my future hope is found in my relationship with Christ by trusting in him and choosing to live a life dedicated to having bringing his kingdom glory. I can be confident I'm living a life with purpose and meaning. My identity is found by what God says and who I want to become and it's laid out in scripture and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So she's really talking about how God influenced her and yeah, in all this. Yeah. If the principal gives, stands up and gives that exact same speech, that's a big problem. This yeah. is public school well, why is it a problem doing... for her
0: to say it? i mean what if she had stood up and said you know when i was in third grade and i went to sunday school and i bought all that stuff it's a load of crapola you know what i'm here to tell you folks i'm agnostic i don't believe in any of that religious would that be okay that's a very good question or what I... if she could have stood up and said you know uh islam is a nation of peace is a, is a religion of peace right or what if she said you know i I love those Marilyn Manson records. I'm a Satanist too. Right, right. So can she, can, the, would
1: those be okay, or is it just Elizabeth? So almost Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. Elizabeth Turner. So, so the Satanism example, the uh, the Muslim Islam example, uh, the Christ Christianity example. I think those are all the same. I think the agnostic or atheist version of the speech, whether she says I don't believe in higher powers, uh, is is categorically different because you're not. Uh, endorsing religion. I mean, the separation of church. Just and the state. opposite. Yeah, separation of church and state is making sure that the government doesn't, you know. Push people, what push if, like in Russia, the people. official religion is atheism? Well, wait, it's not there's, it, because atheism is not a religion. It, the, 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 there might be a political uh, perspective. That the there Russians is, got it wrong again. You saying. there is no political, you know, uh, endorsement of religion in in Russia, but there's supposed to be no political endorsement of uh, of religion in America either. Uh, but there absolutely is. So, really, the question is, why is it okay for the student to to give this speech when we obviously know it would not be okay for an administrator to make right. the speech? And the answer is. Uh, it probably is different in my in my view. I think it, it is categorically different to have a student expressing their own personal views as opposed to an administrator who much more directly represents this. Now the issue is that the student's speech has to be approved, and that is this key issue. Once the student's speech has to be approved, suddenly the principal has you know her her hair on fire, going, "Wait a second! If I have to approve this, aren't I basically the one saying this well, what is if, what you can or should say you in your speech?" Don't you agree that they
0: sh- they should censor the kids? What if the kid? Does defeat. What if a kid tells a bunch of lies? She knows oh, yeah. her lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: You know, I don't think the it's lady bad idea. Who taught
0: me health class? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is bad. Know, it steals, steals things,
1: whatever. Steals if, things. If, if you if if you are an administrator at a school, think hey, it's a responsible thing to do. Shocked that they to give the speech in the nude sure that too absolutely she shouldn't be allowed to do that right sure i guess probably not i don't know i'm not that anti-nudity but whatever she's got a big robe she can wear whatever she wants or not underneath the <laughs> oh, robe okay so you're compromising
0: there's nothing <laughs> yeah. under the
1: robe as long as she doesn't tell anybody there's nothing, there's nothing, under nothing under the, the mortarboard yeah, exactly. except yeah, yeah. the robe so in this situation it really is uh, i think it is it's a tough situation the principal uh uh so the, the turner submits her speech to the principal the principal response uh responds by editing the google document by adding a little comment saying that she thinks this is not appropriate she says quote you are n- you are representing the school in the speech not using the podium as your public forum we need to be mindful about your inclusion of religious religious aspects these are your strong beliefs but they're not appropriate for a speech in a school oh, it doesn't, public doesn't setting. reflect
0: what the, the other students believe so in other words if the other students 40% of them think uh Kim Kardashian's really cool. Then Elizabeth Turner should should say the same thing. Well, it's, it's, Why should we
1: care what no, the other kids it, think? It, she didn't. She didn't say uh, what the other kids think matters. She said you're representing the school, not using the podium as your public forum. Oh, okay, you need good. to be mindful about the inclusion of religious aspects. These are your strong beliefs, but they're not appropriate uh, for a public school setting. Blah blah blah. But. After uh, the uh, after Turner uh, hires a lawyer and sends a letter to the school saying that she doesn't represent the school, she represents herself, and you editing her doesn't magically flip a switch and say that she now represents you um, and school, and therefore this is not public speech, this is not school speech, this is a student speech, it's different, right. the principal says, okay, you're right, we change her mind. Now, yeah, she's pressured into that by getting a letter from a lawyer, but- what we're talking about here is a high school student getting a Google Docs comment that says, "I think you represent the, the the school here, and thus you can't talk about religion." And then reversing course when she's when the principal is is pushed on this. So. I don't know that this is an example of some sort of the end of America. The sky is falling. Religion is persecuted. Christians are not exactly an oppressed minority in this country. It's hardly appropriate to say that this is an example of some sort of broad culture war. The girl was allowed to give her speech the way she wanted to after one email. So, I I mean, the fact that the the conservative outrage machine press picks up these stories and says, another cancel culture, you know, uh, conservative silenced on campus. Uh, education's terrible don't think you know don't, don't learn anything just listen to what your parents tell you uh, and watch Fox News schools are bad that i think is the real narrative here it is is these stories are fake it is a thorny situation and that there's no real there There, there's no real issue here it was a problem that probably existed for about a week and got fixed in the direction that the conservatives wanted so why are we griping i
0: agree with you on one point though okay listen to fox news oh yeah that i did say let's get back clip that out and attribute that to me quote me out of context let's get back to the kardashians (laughs) Um, (laughs) okay i mentioned them we always of course have to mention them. did you know kim wants to be a lawyer yeah and she's having a little struggle i think with the tests or the classes yeah, or yeah. the baby bar or something like that but she'll make it through and don't you think that she would be more than welcome on any of our podcasts because she yeah. obviously has an aptitude for whether whatever stage she's at sure. in her journey yep, to yep, become yep, yep. a practicing lawyer I was doing welcome it by her.
1: apprenticeship. Yeah, and the baby bar and is part of the pre like certification process for you're doing well in your first year. Yeah. And so, yeah, she may have failed that Wouldn't one time. Be we welcome. could help. I, we could do a study group with a
0: study group with Kim. Let me just put it this way: I have to think it would help our downloads. If oh that if who even Kim. cares? Who
1: even cares? It's about just that? a factor. do
0: it's that. just a factor. I'm
1: here to help her pass the baby. Didn't bar. you uh, go to law school with uh, her? Her brother? Oh my god! So Rob Kardashian, uh, a famous sock mogul. The year that I get into law school, I'm in, like, you know, the online groups for 1Ls, first-year law students coming into school. So, about 2012. Exactly, 2012. And we are all chatting about, you know, where are you living on campus? Are you living off campus? What classes are are we all assigned to? And what sections are we going to be in? So, who are we going to meet?
0: can't believe you actually have a personal connection with the Kardashians.
1: Yeah. So, Rob Kardashian, during this period, after we're getting our acceptances, posts on social media, I believe it was Twitter, saying... Attending USC Law School in the fall. Yes, where of course his his father uh, was an alum, I believe, and he goes uh, like this goes viral, and the the groups for you know existing and upcoming uh, USC Law School students. Explode with excitement, activity, totally split, divided. Oh my God, we're so excited. Rob Kardashian's going to be here. We're going to be on the Kardashians. Or on the other side, oh my God, this is the worst <laughs> thing ever. We're going to be What's on the Kardashians. It's a nightmare. It's going to turn into a circus. We're going to be miserable. We're all going to fail. It's going to be a tragedy. We're going to be embarrassed. We're going to ruin our careers because we're going to appear on to the Kardashians. You to break up the
0: tedium of law school with a little
1: Kardashian exposure. Right, right. right, right. And then, um, A couple of weeks later, after people have been probing Rob for an interview saying, like, "Okay, let's talk about the fact you're going to USC law school. um, It is revealed by uh, Rob's people and also by USC law school who talks about it, who says say, uh, oh, um, Rob didn't even apply. Rob didn't take the LSAT, the law school entrance exam. Really, He didn't get a score. He didn't make any applications so, to any law so schools, much less fraud. USC. He just announced on Twitter that he wanted to go to law school. And as a result... Thought that that you could just probably, he's a Kardashian. That's it, how he thinks no, things happen. It probably he just posts some on people in charge
0: of his social media account made an innocent mistake. Uh, probably you mentioned his de- uh, his dad. I guess his dad. You're referring to is the famous O.J. Simpson friend. Yeah. because Simpsons the other Rob, Kardashian. Robert Kardashian, who was a lawyer. Senior. Yeah, and although he wasn't a practicing lawyer, but during the O.J. Simpson murder trial, because he was a lawyer, they added him to the team officially. And so, as O.J.'s friend, he was able to be part of the strategizing and so on. And then, of course, everybody remembers the. Famous picture. The moment O.J. Simpson is announced as not guilty by yeah. the by the jury, the, there's the picture, and you see Effley Bailey. He's happy. There, you see Johnny Cochran is overcome with joy. You, you've got O.J. with a tear welling up in his eyes, a tear of gratitude to the jury, and Robert Kardashian looks totally gobsmacked. <laughs> I mean is like i don't believe this actually happened but the guy killed
1: two people they said he's innocent right i don't understand that was the body language yeah yeah, yeah. this is uh the same robert kardashian who very who so famously um if we allegedly all, stashed the bag yeah we all bloody remember uh, clothes. oj flees to chicago uh, allegedly uh, after uh the the murders. well he
0: didn't flee it was a scheduled yeah. um red eye yeah. to go to chicago for a golf tournament right and so he got he to goes, and then LAX about 11
1: o'clock at night. Right. And then he says uh, while he's in Chicago, I believe the story is that he is in a hotel room and he breaks a glass and cuts his hand. So that's the explanation for why his hands all cut up Mm -hmm. and sliced. Uh, It's not that he was murdering people with a knife. Uh, No, 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 no. He cut his hand on a broken glass. You know how that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then on the way back, he lands back in LA and he has a Louis Vuitton garment bag, like a duffel bag sort of with clothes and stuff in it. And he gets off the plane and he hands the plane to his buddy, Robert Kardashian Sr. Mm -hmm. And Robert Kardashian Sr. takes the bag and the evidence uh, is never found. And who knows what was in the bag? Some people say it was the evidence that Robert's job was to stash or or get rid of uh, or destroy or whatever. Uh, Or maybe that's just a conspiracy theory. And Robert Kardashian had nothing to do with it.
0: So let's close with one of Norm MacDonald's favorite O.J. Simpson jokes. You remember Norm uh, got fired from Saturday Night Live because he kept ragging on... O.J. for being a double murderer, the catch being O.J.'s personal friend was Don Olmeyer, who ran the NBC network and kept warning Norm, stop, you know, suggesting that O.J. did anything wrong other than, you know, a few NFL penalties. Right. So here's the joke. Uh, During the final argument by Johnny Cochran for O.J. Simpson that was successful in convincing the jury to vote not guilty, he actually took the black knit watch cap that allegedly O.J. Simpson wore during the murders and right. and put it on. And also he was fussing with the gloves, saying, you know, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. You must acquit. So uh, Norm MacDonald's gag on SNL's Weekend Update was he, he was talking about Johnny Cochran wearing the uh, the cap during, as sort of a visual, aid during the dramatic closing argument. And it was interrupted by O.J. Simpson blurting out, Hey, careful with that. That's my lucky stabbing hat. <laughs> Thank you, Norm MacDonald. A classic. You'll live on in our memory as a fantastic weekend update anchor. Well, I think we have gotten through the entire agenda. Impressive. Well done. Uh, And I hope everybody has a fantastic week, and we'll uh, see you next time. Uh, Oh, actually, uh, I, I, I actually realized we didn't talk about the hot... U- U.S. Supreme Court decisions mm-hmm. that are likely to be issued in the next couple of weeks, but actually it's better to talk about them next week. I can't week, wait! Because we're going to hear the decisions in the yeah. last week of June. The timing is going to be perfect. Check us out next week. It's going to be great. See you soon.